This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE IntelliNews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE IntelliNews. Belarusia seems to be on the edge. There are three opposition candidates running against the incumbent Lukashenko in the upcoming August presidential elections. And a popular meme says that Lukashenko's popularity has crashed to only 3%. On Friday, an unprecedented protest, people took to the streets nationwide to protest against the arrest of Babariko, one of the leading opposition candidates. The people are angry. The police are cracking down and making random arrests. What's going to happen next? I talked to Hannah Leobakova, who started her career at Belarus's only independent media broadcaster. She studied in the UK on a journalism scholarship and is the recipient of the Václav Havel Journalism Fellowship with Radio Free Liberty. And she continues to write and be a media trainer in Minsk. So Hannah, very nice to have you on the line there in Minsk. Um, My pleasure. Let's dive straight in. Um, Today, Twitter this evening is full of these uh, pictures of purportedly members of the security services, KGB police, um, who have papers in front of their faces saying that they won't support Lukashenko. Uh, Other reports that some of them are quitting their jobs. And it seems that the security services are abandoning uh, Lukashenko. And from the outside, it looks like he's in real trouble because it's one thing to have popular protests on the street from the regular people. It's another thing when your your own security services that are going to enforce your rule are abandoning you. What exactly is going on? Is this like a revolution or is it just a few people or or do we even know exactly what's happening? Well, there are definitely a lot of people on the streets, as you probably saw during this weekend and last Friday mm-hmm. and even before, you know, in previous weeks. Um, as to question, so it might be a revolution to some extent, but as to question about those uh, people, um, allegedly police officers and KGB officers who um, revealed that they um um, that they protested against, Luka- against Lukashenko and expressed solidarity with protesters. Um, we don't know whether it's true or not. These pictures were published yesterday by uh, one Telegram channel, which is very popular, very um, well-known. It's called Nexta. And um, Nexta launched this flash mob yesterday in the morning. So he got a lot of responses from, from these KGB officers, uh, from um, special unit forces from the ministry, um, different different fields, different, um, you know, officials, different officers, from, even from army, even from, from soldiers. Um, obviously, these pictures are anonymous. We can't confirm whether they are true or not. But something, even if these pictures, only part of them is not fake, is real, is, is, is authentic, it's something, right? Because this has, hasn't happened before. There were examples when people refused to um, follow some orders, but it wasn't that public. It wasn't a flash mob before. And people were not, I mean, people who are in law enforcement, they never expressed their anger and their frustration with the authorities. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, even if they are fake, and it's hard to see how a provocateur would 
benefit. Well, I, I maybe not. Maybe maybe the 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 design to undermine the confidence in Lukashenko and their design to undermine the confidence in the security forces themselves, because if the members of the security forces see purportedly other members of the same forces abandoning Lukashenko, it could start a wave of genuine um, rebellion amongst the security forces. So it could be a provocation, but it does, that all seems a bit sort of, you know, Machiavellian. Um, the Occam's razor would be that, you know, it's simply what it is. Because am I not right? I mean, the, the, the mood in this protest, unlike the others, or more than the others, is a genuine outpouring of dissent against Lukashenko. People are extremely unhappy with him in a way that they haven't been for the last 20 years. Isn't that true? It is true. Um, let me say something controversial about that. these pictures you, you asked in your first question. Um, it's not, it doesn't really matter whether they're true or not. Uh, the campaign of solidarity, um, those examples of solidarity among businessmen, among medical workers, among just ordinary citizens, you know, who work in so many fields, you know, these drivers who were honking during um, protest is unprecedented already, right? So even if these pictures are not real, Um, it doesn't really matter. It is certainly true that some people who are um, controlled, let's say, by the government or by the authorities, I mean, law enforcement people, right, whether these are soldiers or police officers or, you know, KGB or whoever, um, I think that there is some understanding that, um, well, A lot of people are protesting now. Uh, so many signatures were collected by independent candidates. Um, three leading um, alternative top rivals of Lukashenko have collected more than 700,000 signatures. In a country um, of 9 million people. I mean, so that's nearly, that's nearly 10% of the population now have put their names to paper openly to say that we want someone else, which is unprecedented, isn't it? It is a very, very huge number. One of those candidates, uh, Viktor Babarika, who is now under arrest, he's uh, in the KGB prison. He is a former banker and he collected more than almost half a million signatures alone. And this is a record number. Nobody has collected more than him before, right? Yeah. And just so you understand that he's, um, he's not a politician. He was not, he is kind of well known in Belarus because he, you know, he's been a um, CEO of this bank for 20 years. Um, so he's well known, but he was not um, known for, for a wider audience. And this is very interesting that he managed to collect so, so many signatures. Another candidate was not even known a year ago. He's just a blogger who was you know, traveling to those villages, smaller towns, talking to people, and that's it. He's not a politician either. And he started, uh, when he announced that he's running for, um, like he wants to, to run for president, presidency. Uh, sorry, who, who are you talking about? It's Sergei Tikhanovsky, who is also under arrest now. It's criminal case. Yeah, the, 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 the street campaigner, the YouTube um, channelist, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely grassroots campaign that started out of nowhere. And this guy managed to um, unite so many people around himself 
people were literally defending him from the police because police tried to arrest him many times. Mm -hmm. And he was always defended. Like people always tried to defend him. So my take on that is that it doesn't really matter for people who is a candidate, who, who, who is going to run in this election, because people just want to see someone else, someone, someone else. new, a new face, right? Well, Especially the, now... Especially now, the, the Central Election Committee, um, I think he said today that seven people have been, uh, they've received applications, formal applications for candidates from seven people, including Lukashenko. And that they're mm -hmm. now in the process of reviewing the signatures. But it's also, yeah. I've read that um, with this opposition, the three candidates, leading candidates, that um, it doesn't actually matter as long as one of them gets onto the ballot that the people will vote for whoever is the opposition candidate that makes it past the criteria that the, the CEC puts up. And that there's actually no competition or no real rivalry between the three candidates, that they're all standing on an anti-Lukashenko platform. And, and I, I think what you're saying is the same thing, is that the Belarusian population will vote for whoever gets through, because we can expect that some of those candidates will be disbarred, that, that their signatures will be invalidated. That they, but, but Babariko in particular, with so many signatures, surely he's a shoo-in to get uh, onto the ballot. Or do you think that the authorities are going to just strike all those names off for whatever reason? They might. Um, I wouldn't say so, let's say, few months ago, because usually candidates are allowed to, to, to run in the in elections, right, in presidential elections, but probably not this year. I think Lukashenko is just so afraid of the outcome. He understands and he sees that alternative candidates receive so much support that it's just very difficult to hide. The election is and will be rigged anyway but it will be just very difficult to hide the actual support, the actual, let's say, number, the actual amount of, you know, ballots, right? So, so, so I guess that's why he's just trying to eliminate most popular rivals. And people, Tikhanovsky, the blogger, is probably being arrested because um, he has potential to... Isn't, Ask people isn't, he, to go out isn't he actually a Russian citizen? I mean, a Russian passport holder, and that's why his wife had to stand in his place? Oh, he... No, no. The problem... No, the problem is because he was, um, he was detained when he was supposed to... Um, like, he, when he was supposed to register his initiative group, he was detained, and he was in jail at that moment at a detention center. So he couldn't come personally. And um, he was um, denied registration, so his wife very quickly decided to do it again, instead of him. Right. And I saw on... Uh, she, she released a message, actually, a tearful message, because uh, she had a visit and they were threatening to take her children away. And she suggested on, uh, on a YouTube video, she didn't say explicitly, but that she would not run because the authorities were threatening to take her children away. Although there's been reports in the meantime that says, says that she confirmed her candidacy. Is she going to run or not? Do you know? Yeah, she's still going to run. She um, sent her signatures, like she brought her signatures to, to the commission and uh, she will try to get registered um, as a candidate. 
it's still in place. She later explained that she wasn't sure. I mean, she was obviously threatened and it happened and she was very um, um, sad, you know, and, and scared because of that. Uh, but then she probably talked to some, you know, members of her initiative group and she decided to run nevertheless in this election. Um, and, and what's important to mention, all these strategies um, take away children, um, arrest people, detain people, beat people, protesters, you know, uh, peaceful, obviously, protesters, right? They happened before, um, many times. Um, but now it's different because people, I cannot say that they are not scared, but you can clearly see that she still decided to um, to run, right? To ignore this threat. That That's one thing. And, well, that's the difference. and another important thing. People, people are refusing to be intimidated. I mean, and we're seeing that on the streets in terms of like what seems to be sort of massive support in a, in a typically low-key Belarusian way. I mean, people are lining up in the street and clapping and honking. It's not like they're attacking police stations or, or what we saw in Ukraine in Maidan. But isn't it, isn't it really widely spread more than any other protest this time? Um, widely spread. Well, I mean, uh, it's definitely it's definitely happening happening not only in Minsk, not only in the capital. It happens in places, in towns, in smaller, um, you know, not villages, but probably small, very very small towns where protests never happened before. Mm. And it's definitely different. Um, and like these moods, these protests were brewing up for years. And this is a protest that unites probably all the, the whole, the entire society at the moment. So, what, so what, not, what stands behind it? Because, I mean, you, you've got a, I mean, Lukashenko, for all his faults, has been genuinely popular. In the 90s, he provided a stability and that Belarusia, although it's not rich, um, it didn't suffer quite the calamity of the collapse of the Soviet Union that other countries like Russia did suffer. And that he had popularity and people, one of the other analysts was saying like going into previous elections, you know, he had like around 50%. He would have won in the first round. But there's this meme on the internet now saying Sasha 3% uh, where, and like, you know, yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, we, we are the, the 97%. Yes. Making fun of the fact that he only has 3%. But is, is that real? Is it, his popularity really sunk so low? And what's driven it down if it's really like a complete collapse? It's very hard to say um, what, whether he's popular or not, because we don't have independent um, institutions that independent opinion polls it's not you just cannot kind of measure it you have to get accreditation to do this and um, our independent institutes were you know forced to immigrate so um, so it's very difficult to kind of sociologically um, measure you know this support right mm -hmm. but there was this um, kind of document leaked some time ago by the um, Academy National Academy of Sciences in Belarus that um, trust in the government and in Lukashenko as, as president is not higher than 30%. And it was before the pandemic. And we can clearly see that the pandemic has an immense effect on Belarusians. It's probably one of the reasons why this protest started. 
because for years um, we had this, you know, very famous stereotypical um, social contract. You know, people always mention that um, that um, there is this, you know, kind of special social contract we have in Belarus that um, we have this uh, probably small salaries, but at least it's safe. We don't have wars, we don't have revolutions, it's stability, and it's kind of people are happy about that. Oh, and look at the, look at the Ukraine, you know, this kind of what propaganda is saying. Look, look at Ukraine, um, look where it goes and how bad it's there. And now uh, in March, in April, and in May, people clearly saw that um, this um, aspect, this kind of safety is disappearing from the social contract. And that's why not much has left in the social contract actually it's not it's not a rich country people you know our salaries kind of median salaries are very low and uh, it's, it's just kind of prices are you know high and so on so so they don't really have any other reason to support Lukashenko and um it's also very important that um, Lukashenko was using this, you know, very kind of negative, very cynical language towards coronavirus victims. Um, he several times he mentioned that they died because they were too obese or they had these chronic diseases, and in any case, it's their fault. And people got really, really angry because of that. Because Lukashenko for years has been someone who always de- defended the poor, uh, the older, like the elderly people, right? And now he was literally making laugh of, the, of them and but those people. Of the victims, yeah. So it mm-hmm. sounds like he's, he's totally misread the situation and he's totally out of touch. So what happens next? I mean... The elections are coming in August and the analysts on the outside are saying, look, he's misread, he's lost touch with the people. However, he's probably still going to win. He controls everything and that he's going to force through a win for himself by hook or by crook. And other people are pointing to Maidan, but I, I think everyone who, who studies Belarus is saying like, there's no chance of a Maidan revolution in Belarus. What, what do you think is, is going to happen? Well, I'm not making predictions. I'm a journalist. I'm reporting on what, what's happened and probably um, say about some consequences. However, what I can say, it's definitely true that he controls everything. He's been in power for 26 years. And somehow people who refer to Maidan and to Ukraine forget that Ukraine experienced different presidents. Uh, we had only one who managed to centralize his power to 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 a very great extent. He is the only one who single-handedly rules the country. And before these protests kind of started, he mentioned that he might um, remind you know what happened in Andijan when when a lot of people, hundreds of people, were. Um, um, yeah, I mean, by, that, that, that was a shocking reference. I mean, for, for listeners who don't know, Andijan uh, in Uzbekistan, the Karimov, the former Uzbek uh, president, uh, ordered the troops to open up and there was a massacre there. And the numbers, uh, we're not sure, is something in the hundreds and possibly thousands of people were simply gunned down. But for Lukashenko to bring that up, Andijan is a threat, is it not? 
it is a threat. It, it, it was, I mean, it was awful. It definitely can happen. I can see, uh, well, there are obviously several scenarios and um, I'm not probably, well, there are, I'm not a political analyst, but let me just kind of show my opinion, like express my opinions on that and like what might, ha what might happen. Um, obviously, this level of repressions is unprecedented as well, right? This level of solidarity is unprecedented, but the level of repressions as well. However, we can see that people, people are scared, but people are also very, very angry. And what's different today um, is that there are a lot of people who never participated in any protests. They, um, they haven't been bitten, let's say, that they haven't been arrested before. They didn't know about this brutal arrests, brutal detentions, right? Because we, many Belarusians who, who's been observing the situation for years, they, they know how it's happening and they know what would happen, right? These people don't know. And when people are just clapping, when people are just waiting um, in lines, they're queuing up to leave their signatures, which is legal. It's, these were legal piquettes, right? This was completely allowed by the law. And they stayed there and suddenly they, they got detained, they got arrested, they got beaten. It might escalate because people are shocked. People came there, not even protest, they came to leave their signatures for candidates, for some changes, you know, for a new president, for free elections, whatever. And this reaction from the police um, only is escalated. They, I would imagine that people would just leave and go home. They wouldn't do anything. But because of that reaction from, from, from police, it might turn um, differently. And we can see... Yeah, go on. We can see uh, these kind of very important, I guess, examples in those small cities, small towns. When local people, local residents go, um, you know, to parks to just stay there, to kind of talk, to meet, whatever. And suddenly um, the whole police department of this small town comes and arrests all people who were there, there were probably the same amount of policemen and, and, you know, the same amount of protesters or those people who were just staying, right? And they arrested them very, very brutally. And these people also live there. They kind of know each other. And imagine if you, if someone got arrested so brutally by someone, like by that policeman, and they know um, that person, there might be some reactions as well. There might be some anger. And I saw it when I was in Minsk, when I was covering protests, when police cars were um, um, like coming, right? Where like um, uh, we just saw them, uh, like protesters were shouting, um, um, like they, they were kind of protesting and then they were expressing their, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a word, like they were woo wooing this, uh, these police cars, right? So. So there is some there is some anger um, that that clearly um, exists in people, and it might it might lead to some ex escalation. But the thing is, these are police officers; these are special unit forces that escalate, not people, because protesters are, are peaceful. But people might um, answer; people might react. Um, last question, because we're running out of time. Um, that there was a big outpouring of protests, uh, which was all over social media um, on Friday, I think it was, uh, after Babariko uh, 
was arrested. But yes. are, the, are the people still there? Is this ongoing or has it quietened down now? I mean, are there still people queuing up and clapping and, and protesting and the rest is still going on? Or have things calmed down a bit since? So on Friday, uh, it was the last day when pickets were allowed legally. Um, that's why it was like the last, last day. And people came um, again to leave their signatures and then stay uh, in human chains for um, to express solidarity with uh, Babarik and other arrested people. Um, so um, after that, people on uh, during the weekend on saturday there were also protests but but kind of smaller ones and clearly people went out to streets in those smaller towns you know to express solidarity with those who were arrested in minsk and all over the country so that was interesting but it was much smaller mm -hmm. today um just a moment ago we have this uh, kind of very famous uh, shop with um, souvenirs with these gifts you know um, promoting national ad identity in belarus and it was first to shut down over concerns um, for national security or something. And uh, people came, people gathered just near the shop to buy some products there to kind of support this, this shop. You know, they were just lining, they were queuing up and waiting for, for their turn to, to, to come in and buy something. And all of a sudden, police vehicles came, there were police cars, police vehicles, and, you know, special unit forces, and they started arresting people. Um, and it just happened, like, a really, like, and it, very, very fast. And, and, and it wasn't even a protest. It was just people queuing outside a store to buy something, yeah? Exactly. So aren't, we, aren't people allowed to wait in lines and buy... Doesn't that mean that the police are extremely nervous now um, in so much as they're just arresting police bystanders queuing outside the store? It means that the, the, the tolerance level has gone right down. And so is the tolerance level of people mm -hmm. because it's very, very unfair, you know, what's happening. The, many of those people, uh, they come and, and leave their signatures or they come express solidarity and they, they are sure that it's legal. They are not used to this level of repression because over the past years, um, we didn't have, uh, well, we had protests in 2017, obviously, but these protests that were related to, to the election, the, the biggest one happens in, it happened in 2010. So it's been, you know, several years when, when um, it, it's kind of a new generation as well. And they, uh, they, they're just shocked by what's happening. And, um, but unlike previously, it might just lead to something else. It might lead to some aggression and some escalation. So basically we're saying the situation is fluid and the tensions are high and that there's possibility of uh, inflagration, that there, there might be a social explosion if, if, the, uh, if the authorities overstep the bounds. Um, well, tense times. Hannah... Thank you very much for taking the time to update us what was going on. Um, fascinating. Stay safe. Um, I really hope this thing ends peacefully, but uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen next, huh? Sure. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.